You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 318, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy users just like you, okay? Oh, well, I feel so loose tonight, I might fall to pieces. So be prepared to sweep me out the door. And I might be horizontal by the time the music ceases. So I think I'll get acquainted with the floor. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast, episode 318. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. we got to be fast, because Josh is angry. And a very impatient Josh Flanagan. We have been sitting around for 20 minutes. Blah, 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 blah. Let's do the show. <laughs> it's it's going to be one I of, came here to work. It's going to be one of those podcasts. <laughs> we are from the website iFanboy.com, which is a website dedicated to comic books and comic book culture and all the fun things that have to do with comic books. And every Wednesday, a whole bunch of comic books come out, and one of us uh, reads through a large stack and, and picks the one that he feels is the pick of the week and writes a review on iFanboy.com, and then we come back here to talk about it, as well as the other books that came out during the week and some other fun comic book uh, esoteric. They know! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, quick warning, we're going to be talking about what happens in the book, so uh, you might get spoiled, so if you haven't read your books yet, press pause and come back and listen to later, or be warned. Um, let's not piss off Josh. Connor, tell us about your pick. My pick of the week. <gasps> <laughs> come on! <laughs> the pick of the week was Batman number five from Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, and Friends. And uh, if you follow the comic book internet, you know that this book landed like a bomb on on Wednesday uh, and rippled throughout the community. We'll talk about the user reviews in a second, but it is possibly the highest highest rated uh, pick of the week book by the users of all time yeah. on iFanboy. Uh, Batman number five, if you recall, number three was the pick of the week. We talked about four where Batman was finally captured by the Talon, who is the the enforcer arm of the Court of Owls, still one of the creepiest things in comics right now. In this issue, Batman has been missing for a week. He's trapped in this labyrinth that they call. It's a maze somewhere hidden in Gotham City with all these creepy rooms. And it's very much, as I wrote in my review, like a David Lynch fever dream. There's weird maze. It's a weird maze. There's people in creepy masks. There's strange totems. There's pictures. There's strange dioramas and things he comes across. He keeps circling in on himself. He's in a maze. It was very much... They, they've bro- broken Batman down uh, mentally. He's gone a little cuckoo. And... Uh, it's a great story on its own, but with all, what they didn't have to add on to that is that they structured the issue in a way physically that you are also entering the maze with Batman. In that the art starts to rotate and you're rotating around in a vertigo-inducing circle and it, and it turns back on itself. And they did a really good job of incorporating the story into the physical act of reading the book. And it's not groundbreaking. It's not anything new. It's been done before many times, but it doesn't mean it's not handled really well and the execution of it is really strong. And uh, to me, a great book with great art, great story that then brings you, the reader, into the book along with the characters by making you physically act, interact with them in a similar way is hard to beat. Uh, even in a week like this, I had a lot of great books that came out. So um, I'm curious to see here. I know, Josh, you proclaimed it the best issue of the year. I said that it was it was uh, it's got one of the top ten slots for the best single issues of 2012, which I would so theoretically write at the end of the year. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's the front runner at this point. Here's a question: Are you keeping track? <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying it might behoove us to open to like have a text file and keep track because I don't know if I'd remember in it in 12 months from now. 
it would, well, it would certainly make the conversation at the end of the year much more, much less stressful. That's for sure. No, anyway, he's really is my answer. Like right now, I am because I remember doing it recently. Right. But pretty soon, I'm gonna forget about it. Yeah. We, and yeah. then at the end, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna remember a bunch of stuff that was pretty good in November. <laughs> exactly. Did you, <laughs> you read know? that issue that came out the second week of December? Wow. <laughs> well, I tr- I started to go back through my pull list, and then like after like eight clicks, I was like, oh, that's enough. Oh, I'm so only tiring. at September. Yeah, I know exactly. exactly. Um, I'm right, like, so Josh, you but, love this issue. Anybody who sort of knows anything about my my taste would know I'm 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 really just not a fan of of surrealism or dream sequences or or uh, crazy people walking around and the and the and the hallucinations they have in their head for some reason I I just don't care about stories like that for for mo- for the reason but uh, and I was reading this at the beginning I was like oh it's one of these and this it's just it's just not my thing but as I I got into it I was just what Connor was talking about is the execution of it I was really impressed I got into this thing where I had done the loop like three times and I was flipping it around in my in my hands and I was unaware that I was going backwards you know at a certain point because you twist the comic book turn the page twist the comic book turn the page just you know taking four lefts over and over again and keep coming back to the same place and then I was like are they are they reprinting pages are they, was that what's happening here? I, I just like the, the physical manipulation of I'm turning the book around. I'm doing something in, in the real world that's affecting the story. And, and you know, you just don't see that enough. Yeah. Uh, not enough. But you don't see it in comics a lot. It was impressive. Yeah. Now, now I was – I mean I was um... – I was impressed by it. I, I I did enjoy it. I thought it was great. I, I like Connor, like you said, the the rotating of the page ha- has been done before. We've seen it before. It's not you know like it's not like they they're the first per- people to ever figure out to do an upside down page or anything like that. But I did like you know me. I really do like when the art like the things that you can only do in comics and making the physical turning of the book to mirror the maze like kind of like to give you the same kind of experience is a very good use of that. Um, yeah. I thought it works on an issue. Yeah. Yeah, it totally works on an issue. I um I thought Cap- uh, Capullo continues to impress me. The Batman with the one eye ripped out of his mask with that really you know uh, stressed out eyeball. <laughs> no, I, I thought, I mean, as great as the story was, Capullo was the story here. Yeah, I think exactly. the art was fantastic. He went a little surrealistic yeah. with some stuff. He I really agree. exaggerated some other stuff. The cape changed sizes constantly. There was, I mean, you really got the fe- you really got the feel of the sort of desperation that Batman's in at this point. Yeah, you take that belt off, Batman. It's a whole new ball game. Yeah, um, it's um, just a dude in long johns. <laughs> um, but no, but I thought I thought it was good. I mean, I thought you know, I thought it was. Um, you know, Capullo was was really solid. I thought uh, the what what Snyder kind of laid out and the kind of the the chaos and just really disturbingness of it. And like by the end of the issue, Batman's turning into an owl, or, yeah. or but or is the drugs you know kind of affecting him? And then that the, the last splash page of Talon you know gutting him basically. Um, it really like it really gets to a point where it's like crap. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, which is what you want out of an issue based comic, you know. Um, but. Uh, I, that said, I don't know if the adulation it's getting is deserved. <laughs> well, that is undeserved, but I think it might be a little over. Do you remember when, remember when you wrote a pick of the week for Unwritten 17? The yes. Choose Your Own Adventure? Yeah, I feel exactly. it's very much in that same vein. Yeah, it's a very I couldn't good tell you what happened in that issue, but God damn it, they didn't do it. Yeah. But um no but I could t- I could tell you what happened in this issue. I thought it was I mean I yeah. thought it was really I mean it's clear to see how they're screwing with him and how they're working you know like this is a specific attack on Batman and like the from the little models of Gotham that he's walking through to the f- photos on the wall to the like you like you mentioned the repeating and like taking his picture 
and then putting it up yeah. on the wall later on. Like that's just so. I mean, it's it's horrifying. I mean, like it's, it's like it's like cre- you could really see this a creepy David Lynch film. Yes, I mean, exactly. it, just, it just seems like that tone, and it, it, it you know we we've talked before that Scott Snyder is a horror writer at his core, and. This is him bringing that, really bringing that horror genre to Batman at the moment, which is perfect for the storyline. Yeah, I absolutely. thought that the drugged water was particularly inspired because yes. yep, he's like, I know it's drugged, but I have to drink it or I'm going to die. Right. Yep. Like it's it's the sort of uh, one side of Batman winning, like his Bruce Wayne's, uh, you know, he's like, well, I have to do it. I, I rationalize it myself, otherwise, you know. Yeah. And he, people are complaining. People were complaining that it had only been a week and he was too crazy, but that's he's also been drugged. As a, and, in and, addition to all okay, the psychological you, torture, he's been drugged. Yeah, exactly. And you walk around a maze for a week. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like seriously, like 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 we were I was listening to a podcast. Hour and a half. I was listening I was listening to a podcast, I was listening to Oh yeah, dude, and they were talking about um solitary confinement and how long you could last in solitary confinement. It's like I don't think I could last two hours. You know, <laughs> like I I couldn't a week in a maze where lights turn on and off and you're trapped and someone's trying to kill you? I'm I I I I just kill myself. I couldn't do that. How many times can you jerk off? <laughs> right. It's it's really it's the wanking. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, let's <laughs> let's cut the brass tacks here. I mean that's and that's the solitary confinement answer. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> like jerk off nap. <laughs> jerk off nap. I'm not sure I'm fine. It's actually quite a nice vacation in here. I don't I don't know if Batman can deal with that, but at a certain point gloves, calluses and dehydration are gonna get to you. <laughs> um, so all in all, I think what we found in this first five issue run is that, that Scott Snyder hasn't lost a beat with Batman. He's still turning one of the best superhero books on the market right now. Um and it is, it is truly the I think the best DC book and possibly one of the best superhero book. No, it, just, it's inspired. It's inspired. It's really really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. So. Now any other week I would have had without this Batman book, I think probably Profit Twenty One from Image Comics would have been my pick of the week. So you liked it? I loved it. Oh, now, I excellent. Think before we get to the story, and this is a bit you know inside, but I really think they did a disservice sticking to the old numbers. Um, oh, I know that's so? their strategy to, to honor their old books and continue the numbering, but and it's also kind of a counter DC thing. Too. I've yeah. seen so many comments online saying yeah. I would have picked it up if it had been news number one. I thought it was issue twenty one of a series, and yeah, I feel like they really dropped the ball. And this book got a lot of buzz. It's, it's totally worth it, but. The fact that it says 21 on the cover really is throwing a lot of people off. Yeah. Well, and it does say first issue in a bold new era along the top. If but they, yeah. if that, that, that should have been bigger. Yeah. Enough to look at that. Yeah. I just see people, someone on the website posted wondered when, when was 20 out because they didn't, they didn't know this was yeah. getting. <laughs> 1993. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I, I, can't buy, I can't buy this. So, so <laughs> right? He was the one who did it. So it was, it was written. Oh, uh, yeah. Stephen, uh, Stephen Platt was the first artist. Yeah. Remember him? Wow. No, but um. So yeah, so uh, written by Brandon Graham with art by Simon Roy. I talked to Brandon Graham on iFanboy Don't Miss earlier Monday. So if you're curious, you can hear Brandon talk more about it. Josh, did you give it a try? I I, I meant to. I haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. uh, not not for want of just time. Similar to um, similar to Spaceman, but in different reasons. I love this. This was mm. fantastic. This was fan. I like that basically the story is a dude wakes up in a machine that burrows out from underneath the earth and he has a mission to to perform but we don't know what the mission is we don't know who he is we don't know where he is he might be in the future of earth but I like the fact that it doesn't give you a lot of information and, and you have to discover things along with this dude yep. you, and that, it gives the readers lots of credit it's not one of those books that dumbs it down or hands it to you in a silver well, platter well the thing, is, the thing is, is that whether people know it or not I don't know how many people I don't know if you guys read King City or not but Brandon Graham he's, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna have a great career 
He he is he is a comes up with some great ideas and some real and and it's similar to what you said, Connor, that he doesn't treat his readers dumb. You know, like it, it, they're smart ideas and they present them in an engaging way. And then furthermore, like I, I was just impressed by like little things like the the double page spread with the big widescreen profit title card. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was that was awesome. There was um, but that, they'll get you with that every time. They do. They, they really do. The panel the panel where um, he goes through his inventory. Great. Awesome. Yeah. There's a map at the end of it. There's a two page map that Brandon Graham drew, like of, of the of the layout and everything. And it's like and it's really I'm and I'm seeing it described as kind of like a, a Conan meets um future kind of Mars kind of story, which I could kind of see that. I mean, like because you know, it's kind of you know, human amongst, you know, different races and not really fitting in and things like that. But the, the idea is that this is Earth. And some of the ideas they're playing with about how species of Earth would um would evolve way in the future and kind of what would happen. Um, I think we're really, really engaging, and this was just like I'm, I'm trying to think of the science fiction author it reminds me of, and I can't I want to say like Heinlein or somebody else, but I can't. I, it, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't nail it. But um, it's really, it's just, I, it's amazing. James Patterson. Yes. Well, no. you think about it. We should talk about Simon Roy, who yeah. just killed it on this book. This is this is the most impressive been with an artist since like a new artist I haven't known about since I read Orkstein. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This, yep. this, it's incredibly detailed. He, he does these big sweeping vistas, two page spreads, uh, full detail. I mean, th- there's no skimping in this book. There's no, you know, character standing in front of a blank background. This is every, full details. This is crazy animals, creatures. There's a vagina face monster. Yeah. <laughs> that, he, that he still has sex with. Um, it's, I was, from top to bottom, I was really impressed. And I think if this is an indicator of this new extreme relaunch that Image is doing, then I think we're all in for some really good comics. Yeah, which is, which, uh, from the unlikeliest place. That's what I yeah. love it. It's like, if you, if, if I told you, listen, they're bringing back the extreme line of books and they're bringing back profit, what your, your immediate reaction would be? Stephen Platt's available? Right, exactly. I've, n- I've never heard of this. Um, <laughs> this, this was in a time you weren't reading comics. Yeah, it was yeah. like 93, 92, 93. But, um... I, I had profit number one. I had the original. Remember the crate? Connor, do you remember the craze over that issue? Yes. Oh, I, that's God. why I remember. I don't think I bought I might yeah. have. I, bought. I have it. I have it in my collection. Um, but anyway, um, but what's great is when I was talking to Brandon on Don't Miss, you know, so they're like working on issue seven now. Like they're so far ahead, and what they're doing is that they're just working. They're working with multiple artists. So Simon Roy, um, you know, is going to be around, but then also like, and I, we just highlighted the April image solicitations, but like, uh, so profit number twenty five, I think that comes out in April or maybe twenty three. I forget the number, but uh, uh, Farrell Dalrymple is drawing. Nice. Yeah, and and Brandon Graham's going to draw an issue, and like they're they're so they're keeping they're keeping the, the book, style exactly. They're keeping the book on time with multiple artists, but they're ke- keeping the style and using those kind of indie artists, and it's great i mean and i i love the marion churchland cover which i thought was which is really good and, and yeah just this whole thing was just it totally blew i blew me away and was so unlikely it's a science fiction action adventure story it, don't be scared off by the number for all intents and purposes it's number one of profit so mm. if you're at all interested in that kind of thing if you like conan if you like science fiction it's 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 what i think it's great yeah seriously and and also like and so it's sold out it's sold out um uh, before you know before wednesday like it's sold out at the distributor level um, i'm sure they're gonna they're gonna reprint it but like go get like if you're curious go get graphically has it comicsology go get it on digital just check it out um because i think it's really like you want to talk about some of the most interesting thing going on in comics right now it's it's this book it's well one. i'm looking at it on my ipad right now i've got yeah. a graph yeah. yeah so um, I'm so glad you liked it, Connor. I was so, I I was so nervous it was going to be one of those things where I'm sitting here talking about it. You guys are just quiet, and then you make fun. No, of No, no, no. So. It's yeah. it was really enjoyable. I really got a kick out of it. Yeah. So. 
Cool. So, um, Amazing Spider-Man number 678, uh, I feel like we're kind of like in this calm before the storm, before the big kind of like Spider-Man event thing that, that they're gearing up towards, uh, which I think is teased in this issue in an ad. Um, not event, the, the Punisher uh, one? The Punisher not, not, no, not the Punisher one. The um, the the one with the supervillains, the Doc Ock. Uh, the end oh, of the in one. space? No, not the... Yeah, the, no, the global. Where's the ad? I can't find it. Well, there's an ad in the Marvel books this week where he's in space. No, that's not that's not the one. We did we, we did a they did a next big thing on it. They did a press conference about it. I forget what it's called. But anyway, there's a big Spider-Man story coming up with Doc Ock and all them and and but this was this is a nice little two-issue arc of an idea that I I talked to Dan Dan Slot um months ago on an interview and he told me when we hung up when we stopped recording he's like oh i've got this great story where there's going to be a portal into the into 24 hours in the future and peter steps in it and the whole world falls apart and he's got to figure out what to do to save it and it was like this is just a fun spider-man story timeless spider-man story and i just had a lot of fun reading this and anytime there's time travel involved or like and the thing you know say what you will about slot and i know connor you haven't been a big fan of it he he gets the character and you know he does. he does no i think he does and uh pers- for at least for me and uh, like I, I when i finished this issue and, and don't get me wrong humberto ramos is a big part of it but i finished this issue i was like oh this is just a bunch of fun i really enjoyed it so i like a little a little self-contained two issue story that's nice a good thing to do i just i want to see you sitting at home just like, well that was a bunch of fun i did in fact as you said wasn't that, it yeah. he yeah. told the bridge club yeah yeah so and Marge came over to play some bridge. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, a bunch of fun, wasn't it? No, I have no one to blame but myself for this next one. Um, wow, like I'm just shocked. The shocked. Avengers 21 I bought because I love Akuna, and he only did the cover, and I didn't pay attention. Yeah, and I have no one to blame but myself because I was going to drop the books, but then Akuna's been sticking around, and I want to. I'm going to come back for Simonson at the end. So I figured I'd probably dip my toe in every time I think an artist I like is on the book, and I didn't read that it was Gatiss, who I like, but not he's not right for this. Well, yeah, well, so so you had you, so you had Renato Gatiss, who we last saw in Wolverine, um, but then like my I, I was complaining about New Avengers last week about how I felt like I've read that issue before. Mm-hmm. Um, avoid not getting. To, I'll get to the art in a second, but I read this issue and nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened in this issue. That that uh, it, talk about decompressed storytelling. Basically, it picked up from the last issue where Hammer attacked the Avengers, and this was the issue how they took them all down. This this did not need to be an issue. Nothing happened. It's I don't know I don't I don't, I don't know I just I don't know if nothing because I mean it was very action packed but yeah. it just it, it it was all action we've seen before and I think yeah. the problem is that we've got seven years eight years of this and well no and the thing the thing is that normally I'm fine with it just but 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 I feel as if the world the world that ended in issue number twenty is no different than the world that ended in issue twenty one sure that's my that's my complaint about it is that like all this stuff of of uh, so the Avengers break up in little teams of two and there there are these Avenger Avenger powered hammer agents who are attacking them this. Could have been done in three pages in the last issue. Don't you feel like this is the wrong cover for this issue? I don't oh, normally yeah. oh, I don't normally complain about covers or, or even really pay attention, but it, it features Storm very prominently, and it seems like it'd be perfect for the issue she joined, which was two yeah. issues ago. But in this issue, she's, she's on two pages in this well, issue. That's the thing. Like I was we're in the comic book shop, and everybody's ooing and aahing over the cover, and I was just going like, it doesn't happen in the issue. It doesn't happen in the issue, <laughs> but but um, whispered it. To but that, yeah, I did whisper. But um, so then, uh, as far as Renato Gettys go, you know, Connor, you like him a little more than I do. But I felt like this was this was even worse than the Wolverine stuff in my so, mind. Like, I thought he was he was fine. I thought he was fine for that story. But this, I don't think he's right for big well, four color superhero action. Yeah, books. well, it looks it's, it's it looks bit... like it looks like they they reeled him in a lot. 
It looks yeah. like it looks like it's very simple. And really, the only thing was there were four pages that had diagonal Neil Adams 1960s esque layouts, yeah. which I thought I was like, ooh, good layouts. But like, but it like it, it almost felt like it was Renato Getty's trying to do a much simpler, almost like a Buscema style, you know, which doesn't, which clearly isn't his. It doesn't play to a strong suit. I might so. just drop off totally until uh, Simonson comes on. I just, I had, I mean, I had no idea they they moved the Kuna off like you know, the same way. It was like switcheroo, and and it and just nothing happened. It's just really disappointing, really disappointing. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of art changes, Daredevil number eight was the second part of the Spider-Man crossover, and instead of uh, the normal artists uh, R- Rivera, Pablo you have Kano, that- who has in the past filled in on books like the Gotham Central and things like that. Uh, he, and here he's he's aping a sort of ca- cartoony style. Well, I felt I felt like he was a mix between Paulo Rivera and Marcos Martin. Like he was trying to a- a- he was trying to be in the middle between the two. Well, Matthew Wilson was holding that down. Yeah, true. I think it, it was with it? the colors with the colors. Yeah. Oh no, Javier Rodriguez. I'm yeah. sorry, take it back. Yeah. But same 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 colorist either way. Yeah. Um, where was part one of this? Spider Man. Spider Man. Oh, okay. It said I mean, on the front, it said on the first page continued from Amazing Spider Man six seventy seven. I don't. I don't usually read that page. All right, well, you might want to um, do that. That's fine. <laughs> but I, I thought, fine. but I didn't. I didn't feel like it, you didn't need it. I didn't it feel didn't like really you needed it. No, I didn't. I was totally fine. Other, other than in the front saying part two of two, I was cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like, what the hell's? Why? Are, how did these people get together? Yeah. I was fine. And and I mean, really, from a dialogue perspective, uh, Mark Wade needs to be given another sort of award. Yeah. For having these characters talk to each other and interact. Uh, just over and over, on and on, and I, th- I think Kano did a fine job. I was, I wasn't thrown off at all. There's some really interesting bits of cartooning. There's the, the page where the lasers go through the hallway, and they both have to go up against the yeah. side, and this sort of wonky thing where where Black Hat is on is on Matt's shoulders, and it's yep. another couple more like that. It was fun. And the the, like, the the against the helicopter when uh, Daredevil throws the Billy Club into the into yeah. the rotor, and it knocks everybody out by spinning it around. That was awesome. Um, I thought also thought the um, the the uh, the the little gimmick that they're doing with the fact that Daredevil can't see and the the hollow projector. I thought that was great. Like that that scene where they turn on the projector and all the the room fills with all the villains and Daredevil just smiles and the next page they're they're all on the floor. It's like, <laughs> so uh, it's it's still Mark Wade's book. Yeah, you know, totally no matter is. who they put on. I mean, as long as the style stays similar, I I don't think you can put a very realistic shadow heavy kind of artist on this book and have it work the same way. It's a very light and fun book. I don't mean that. I don't mean that as a negative, and I think you need a kind of art on the book. And then Kano was close. Yeah. I think it missed, missed some little bit of magic that Rivera or, or yeah, it uh, definitely was. A, it definitely was less than. Um, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well as on another book. But um, uh, but still, still really fun. Yes. I still had I had no no complaints really at the, old, at the end of the day about this book. Yeah, still one of the best books on the on the on the market in my mind. Oh yeah iFanboy, of course, is brought to you by Graphically.com. We're over 5,000 comics from over 300 publishers, including Image, Archaea, Boom, Top Cow, Top Shelf. I could, I could go on a while. There are lots and lots of comics and lots of publishers up there and uh, lots of day and date stuff. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about books in this week. If you want to check out those Image books or anything, you can go there. If your and pick store doesn't get that book, yeah. I mean, we have, a lot yeah. of stores don't carry Image books or even books from publishers not even close to the size of Image. So if you or, or a guy's gonna go, well, I'm not, I'm not gonna buy a Rob Liefeld book at number twenty-one. I'm not gonna do it. Well, f that. Find a way around it. So the graphic is one place you can do that. You can also uh, check out Newsstand where you can subscribe to some uh, to certain issues and and they'll be delivered to you automatically to your iOS device. We're on Nook. We're on Kindle Fire. 
and um, all the devices you could possibly need, Android or just on the web, even Facebook. It's all over the place is what I'm saying. Lots of technology. Uh, so you can follow Graphically at Twitter.com slash Graphically or get over to Graphically.com to uh, peruse the selection. There's many, many different kinds of comics out there, and, and we, we can give you a good, good taste of them. So, Something uh, for everybody. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Cool. So moving on. Um, so Wonder Woman, uh, we knew it was coming. I, I talked to Cliff Chang back in September, and he said that he would be there would be a fill-in artist probably like around issue five or six. So here with Wonder Woman number five, we get the first fill-in, and it's uh, Tony Akins, who is not bad, but after reading four issues of Cliff Chang art, it was uh, it was I was like oh. It was, it was, it was, to me, it was the same reaction as Daredevil. It wasn't yeah. bad, but not the same magic that you have with exactly. the this was This was the Matthew Wilson who held it down. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. deal. Yep. Um, it um, just, it just, and the thing was is that Akins did a good job of not aping Chang, but, but doing it in his own style, but making it reminiscent and, and you know, kind of sticking with the style. But, um, but it just, it just, it, it, it just, it's kind of like Connor. Do you remember when we saw Clerks 2? And, and I walked out of it going, wow, Rosario Dawson is an amazing actress. <laughs> and it was only because all the other actors around her were just not good. Like, yeah. it's, just like, it's like, wow, Cliff Chang is great. It's like, well, so. he's great on his own. But yeah. I think for me, the story is still really compelling. In this issue, we, we learned more about one of the, her, Diana's growing family of Zeus kids because Zeus likes to – Drop his seed all over the world. <laughs> uh, so we meet one of her half brothers who who has an interesting backstory. I think what the the, the mythology that uh, Azarella is building is really compelling. Um, mm-hmm. Would you like to see Cliff Chang in all issues? Sure, but it's not possible. So I might as well have one one guy every so often that fills in. I thought that the the sort of second half of the issue, the sequence of of her, uh, you know, having to go deal with the the sea monster slash Poseidon. You know, when they're on the bridge talking to each other just before that, and she's got to strip down and do it. Like, that was a really good sequence, you know? It doesn't look like it did before exactly, but there was nothing wrong with it, you know? It, was, uh, it worked totally, totally well, and uh, yeah, what Connor said, totally true. Um, so real quickly, Venom number 12, I don't want to talk about the interior of the book, rather the cover, where uh, the marketing department has decided to celebrate 24 years of Venom. <laughs> and I just looked at that. I just looked at that, and I was like, "24." <laughs> the marketing wow. department's killed. Killed Josh. Why? Why? Wow. Why 24? That's hilarious. <laughs> That's <laughs> good spot. I'm gonna give you that one. That's a. This should be a specializer. I mean, like, uh, like 20, like okay, 25. I can get 20. I can get 24. 27 years of <laughs> Like seriously, that gets a cover treatment. Well, he just Venom just finished grad school. <laughs> uh, you, you know why? It's because probably because you know honestly, this is probably a telltale symbol that Venom might not be around in next year. And so that was somebody's solution. <laughs> <laughs> like we got we got to goose these sales, guys. I don't know. Rick's writing his ass off. We brought a lot of good artists. Hold on, let me just say a number to you. Twenty four. Do you like the feel of it? It was popular on that TV show. I mean, just look at it. Like they, they, they that's they, someone designed that logo with Venom on top of the twenty four and years of Venom. Like there was thought put into this, and like why? Okay. Amazing. Anyway, um, Batman Odyssey number four. Uh, Connor, are you still on this, or am I alone? No, I, I dropped off back in the first volume. I, I had a horrifying thought about halfway through this. You've been paying money for it? No, no, no. I don't mind at all. I'm enjoying it. It's batshit crazy. But my, my, my wonder was, was, I wonder if, like, 
What if Neil Adams is sane and we're all crazy? <laughs> like, what if this all makes perfect sense to him? And we're just <laughs> It's possible. Like, that's, that's what a good comic book does. It makes me question my sanity. <laughs> and that's what Batman Odyssey does. Um, he draws, in this issue, Robin is pretty prominent, and Neil Adams can't decide whether he's drawing Tim Drake or Dick Grayson. It's... <laughs> It's, it's like it's seriously, funny. like like no joke. His head changes size, like and his, and his like his height changes size numerous times in the issue. Well, it's funny because he designed the, the Tim Drake original costume. Yeah, no, I know. No, no, it's so. that costume. It's that it's the Tim Drake great costume, costume. It, it, which is a great costume. But the thing is, is that like one moment he's like really short, and the next moment he's the same height as 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 um as uh, Dead Man. One moment he's got Tim Drake hair, next moment he's got Dick Grayson hair. Like it's it's. I mean, it's subtle, but like he, the character changes every time he's on the, on a different page. Awesome. Yeah. So, oh well, what can you do? <laughs> Crazy. We had another fill-in artist this week in Ultimate Spider-Man number six. I'm sorry, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number six. No one's uh, complaining about this one. Chris, well, no, it's not true. Chris Samney's filled in for Sarah Pacelli. I think he's, is he doing the arc? What is he doing? I don't. I think he's doing an arc. I think they're doing arc. Yeah. They're trading off an arc. So. Yeah. 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 Um, it's very interesting to see this character who's only drawn by one artist drawn by another artist. I mean, he's, Sammy's great. Um, it just took it took a few pages to get used to the different look. Well, what was it, what was interesting? I thought was that it feels as if this is also this is different Somni than the last time he was on Ultimate Spider Man. This is much more shadow heavy. Much more shadow heavy, but also much more much more cartoony. I thought. You know, like, and and not not that the other one wasn't cartoony, like his style is naturally cartoony. But I thought this was like it, it was the cartoony was dialed up a couple of notches as opposed to the last time he was on. Um, and whether or not, like, that's the thing is like I wonder, I wonder if this suffers a little for not having the consistency of the artist in the early in the early stages. Well, it's funny because we're so used to that, right? With right. Ultimate Spider-Man, the the telltale signature of that book is one artist on the book for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, that was the past. That was the past. This is the future. No, yeah. I know, but that's what you associate with this book as you associate long runs. Even in the end, they still it's have... because Bagley is a mutant. Yeah. Um, so and then he had Eminem. Um, and then he had, then he had La Fuente. Then he had... Yeah, but so... But yeah. But La Fuente can't, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah, he had... Yeah. He had Pichelli come in and do yep. uh, fill-ins. Yeah, exactly. So it was over by then. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was definitely... It was definitely... It wasn't bad, but it was It was definitely... It made my my head jerk. You know. Oh, I, I was I was fine with it. The thing about this book is, like, I really do like it, but for some reason, I don't think I do. Interesting. Like, I I, I see the cover, I'm like, maybe I don't need to keep buying that. Yeah. But I do like it. I think it's just because I've just I've been reading it so damn long. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a new book, but it's not a new book. God, that cover's awful. <laughs> oh, that's maybe that's it. It's offensive. It's offensive. Maybe maybe I just see the cover and I'm just like, I can't I can't pay for that. It's fucking painful, man. I wish they should put this <laughs> they should put this up and be like. Six months. Yeah. And do a little logo. Yeah. 24 six months, weeks. Six months of Miles Morales. 24 weeks. We're going to start to see the number 24 repeat a lot in comics. <laughs> it's going to be a thing, and, and people will start to figure it out, and it's 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 brilliant marketing. Yeah. Now, uh, we do in 323, they have sex with old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> we we forget about you. We do. No, I, well, no it's, 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 fallen into the, it's fallen into the trap of consistently, consistently good. With, yeah. with slightly irregular scheduling. Yeah. yeah, this was excellent. Yeah, this was this was great. This was this was really really good. On every level, uh, in this issue, you have Tony's girlfriend's ex boyfriend <laughs> kidnap Tony yeah. to force him to eat the remains of dead baseball players so that he can write a tell all book about their sexual exploits. 
which is awesome <laughs> um, and gross and funny because to- Chu just feeds them fake information because there's nothing, nothing forces him to tell you what what he sees. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's making. He's basically telling them what they want to hear, what he wants to hear. Yeah. And meanwhile, his old partners partnered with a lion. Agent Colby's at the USDA. And yeah, where, where they've got uh, what, what's great about this is that we talk about the things that Guillory does in the art, and this issue had me laughing from the art alone numerous times. Like for, so, so I guess at the USDA they they pair up human agents with uh, cyborg animal agents for some reason, mm-hmm. and so Agent Colby's got the lion, but in the background, in like the third in like the third page, his boss is yelling at him. In the background, there and also the USDA is all women. He's the only man. Huge boobs. Yeah, with huge boobs. Yeah, they all. And in the background of this, there's two agents, and one of them is carrying the platypus guy from Phineas and Ferb, (laughs) and the other one's partner is a flying squirrel. Like, and it just, and it like little touches like that. I saw that and I laughed out loud. And then Agent Colby and his lion went to investigate um, somebody who was making. What's the word I'm looking for? Counterfeit money with counterfeit money with with food, basically. And they so they go to a copy place, and um, the whole thing is like in in the copy place is a sign that said, you know, make copies. Things are better in twos. And you realize that the 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 clerks are twins, and on the wall is Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger from Twins, and like like, like these little visual cues that he's putting in that I don't know if Layman is saying to do or if he's saying he's calling it out, but it's oh, it's great. This issue was more about Agent Colby than it was about. Tony. And then Colby yeah. saves the day, yeah. solves the case, gets no credit. They're throwing the lion up in the air, and at the end, of they're all they're all celebrating the lion while they all hate Colby. And, it's then, just... and then Colby sleeps with his boss, the old woman. Which <laughs> <laughs> is great. I like I like the leaps in. Like they don't explain why is he working with a lion? Doesn't matter. Yeah. And there's no story about how Colby. It's just that he did yep. sleep with her. And I That's love all that. And matters. I love on that page that her underwear's on the floor, and it says Granny Panty. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. Oh, and and what's what's also great is like when when uh, so when Tony Chu breaks, you know, when he breaks free of his captors and he he walks into their living room and they're sleeping in front of the TV and they're watching a league of their own. Yes. And then and then, and then the next page is Major League. Like it's just like like they're very good at supporting the story with the art with the visuals. It's really, you know, it's very funny. So Chu is great. Chu is so wonderful. So that is the books we like to talk about this week, but you can also go to ifanway.com slash comics, make your pull list, rate and review your books, and also make your own pick of the week. So let's let's run down the top five picks of the week. As we mentioned earlier, this is this becomes no surprise. Number five, The Amazing Spider-Man 678 got 0.2%. Ooh. That number five. Yeah, number four, Daredevil and the Rate got 0.2%. Secondly, they were tied, but that's number four. Uh, Morning Glory's number three came number number I didn't put that on there. Sixteen, I think. Morning Glory's number sixteen came in at number three with fifteen. Issue number fifteen, sorry. Zero point four percent. Number two was Profit Twenty One with two point six percent. It broke the number the number barrier, full number barrier. And the number one pick of the week, which is probably an iFanboy record, is Batman number five with ninety three point three percent. At one point on Thursday, it was up around ninety six. That's this is ridiculous. It's a, a ridiculous. Yeah. Profit was my pick of the week. So, anyway, all right. So on to the reviews. If you also go to ifanboy.com slash comics, you, after you read your books, you can rate them and write a review. And our first one comes from Jose Rivera83, who reviewed Nightwing number five and gave the story a three out of five and the art a four out of five, and nobody made it their pick of the week. And Jose Rivera says, this is so out of my wheelhouse. Man, you ain't whistling Dixie, are you, Grayson? This issue's villain plot seemed like time filler for the big reveal ending. Folks, stick with the down-to-earth non-supernatural plots for Nightwing, okay? Thanks. 
Nightwing is quietly, I think, one of the best DC books right now. It's a solid four, four and a half star book every month. And this issue, he fights a demon, which, you know, you wouldn't associate with, with Batman or Batman's partners, but he has a long tradition of fighting demons. And the, the, the 90s was the, one of the books. Every time Alan Grant wrote a book, he was fighting Demon Atcher Grant or some other supernatural force. So I think it's okay every now and then to have these characters come up against uh, creatures they can't easily destroy, you know, dispatch. So that's what makes the story interesting. And Eddie Barrows is wonderful. He he's the regular artist in this, and he's 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 really meant for this book. If you like uh, that boom. sort of thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Yeah, Boomer Girl comes in with Catwoman number five on the other side of Gotham. Given the story of four to five and the art of five out of five, uh, the pick of the week percentage was one tenth of a percent. Uh, and she says, "I have a confession to make." I never liked Catwoman, whether it was the Michelle Pfeiffer version or the animated Batman series version. I couldn't understand what was so interesting about the character. I was 10, so back off. Now I get it. She's badass epitomized. The writing is fantastic and fast-paced. The art is perfect complement to that. This title has become wonderful. Become wonderful surprise, seeing as how I had only planned on reading the first issue just to try it. Now I can't recommend the title enough. It's great. It really is one. I, it is, this is a book that they made their splash with that first ending reveal with the sex, the sex panel. And everyone, that's all everyone still talks about, but, which is almost a detriment to the book that is featuring wonderful, high, fast-paced action, great dynamic art, an interesting examination of Selena as a really damaged and reckless uh, thief. And it's, I love this book. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully other people are starting to pay attention to that and, and not, not believe it. I don't know. Hype. You still still see everything is about that panel. She had sex. Get over it. Exactly. All right. So go to ifanboy.com slash comics. You can see all the books that come out every week and do your pull list. You can rate and review them. Um, and it's a fun, good, happy comics time for the participate with the community. And we love that everybody does that. So it's awesome. So, um, cool. So on to the book of the month, uh, a couple of weeks late, but you know, Hey, it's the holidays. What are you going to do? But, uh, I had the book of the month review and you can go to ifanboy.com and you can read it. And what I gave uh, book of the month of January two was to the ecstatics omnibus from Marvel comics, uh, written by Peter Milligan with art by Mike Allred, Nick Dragota, Darwin Cook, and a whole bunch of other people that might surprise you, um, in terms of what's actually in here. Um, and so why did I pick that? Why did I pick ecstatics? Uh, mainly because, you know, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of argument over what should get the omnibus treatment and what should get the absolute treatment and what's an important story and what's an important book and things like that. And um, honestly, I think in terms of looking at the 2000s as a decade in comics, I think Ecstatics is one of the most important books that were published in the 2000s. Um, Agree. It epitomizes an era yeah, completely. It really, really does. And what basically what it represents is it represents where Marvel was like around 2000, 2001 with Joe Quesada just taking over, um, uh, in with, particular with this book, Axel Alonso coming over from Vertigo, um, top, you know, going after some creators who are some of the biggest names in comics right now who at the time were risky choices. And basically Marvel just kind of Given the giving everyone the finger going, we're just gonna do whatever batshit crazy idea comes into our head, <laughs> and not recklessly though, but with like a focus on good story, and and basically Marvel ten you know ten years ago Marvel would surprise you, and I don't think there was any bigger surprise than the way what they did with this book, and what they did was um so X Force the book that was launched in 1991 by Rob Liefeld and later on was written by Fabian Nicienza and and you know with all the connotation that X Force had. You know, at that time, um, and it's ironic that we're talking about X Force again now, ten years later, is what Remender and Opinion did on it. But different um, book. I'm sorry. It's a different book. Yeah, no, it's totally different. I book. mean, a little bit different. 
But um, X-Force at the time was a legacy title. It was around, you know, issue 120 or so. And it was starring, you know, the same kind of group of characters, which are, you know, Cannonball and, and uh, Moonstar. Basically, the it's what the New Mutants kind of graduated to, grew up to. Um, Sunspot, those kind of guys. And I was reading the book at the time. This is the 2000, 2001. And, and I'll be honest, it was getting a little tired. Um, they were trying to do different things with it. They'd done that Counter-X thing, which didn't work. The Warren Ellis, Brian Wood thing, which kind of blew up in their faces. And, um, and the book really wasn't really going anywhere and then what they did was with little to no circ- pop and circumstance with little to no warning um they released x-force number number 115 was the last issue with the old team and then x-force number 116 comes out and they changed the creative team to peter milligan and mike allred completely new characters completely new paradigm completely new story no warning whatsoever um and whiplash everyone yeah this, this is a this is a mainstream X Men book, and they pulled they went super indie with it. Yeah, and they everybody freaked the fuck out. I remember that. And basically, what they did was they took the premise, which was a premise that had been done, it wasn't brand new, but was unique in, in terms of its execution. But the idea of what if you had a group of mutants who had powers and flaunted them and became celebrities because of it, and they had a, a PR agent, and they had an agent, and they you know they would stage their battles and make sure there was coverage, and they'd go to movie premieres and things like that. Um, merchandising they were worried about it was it was yeah and they weren't likable yeah no they weren't likable at all and then and then what then on top of it um no one was safe in fact the main character who you know when the book launched there was the dude i forget his character's name but the dude with the yellow bottom half of his face the yellow mask Mm -hmm. he was kind of positioned as the leader he was the main kind of guy he was you know the the you know the, the, the dude and by the end of the first issue he's dead cut ripped in half Yep. So, so it completely would, you know, send you in one direction. You think you know what's coming, and you could never, never um, anticipate what was happening, what would come, um, and that that was one of the greatest things about it. And for a few years, we got a we got a nice, healthy run. After um, I think what was the issue after after issue one twenty nine of X Force, they rebranded it and relaunched it as X Addicts, and went for another twenty six issues. And then in addition to that, there was a bunch of little one-shots and miniseries and things like that. And you had people like, you know, Darwin Cook, um, Sean Phillips, um, Marcos Martin, you know, Nick Dragota, all, all doing art tours on this. But at the end of the day, the artist that uh, Ecstatics is most known for is Mike Allred, who now many of you know, you know from his work on Madman, Mad um, as well as on iZombie over at Vertigo. But this was truly like – Mike Allred is kind of the poster boy for like pop comics – and this was truly like as pop as it got in terms of you know the 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 characters were pop stars you know kind of publicity hounds and uh, there was no better artist for this than uh, than Mike Allred with his like very si- simple clean modern kind of art style um, and it's just some of his best work some of his career's best work um, and this really deserves to get that to get this omnibus treatment I mean to get to get over twelve hundred pages of content um, in that's... one volume that looks as beautiful as this does that's it's a steal yeah. Well, maybe at one hundred twenty-five dollars, it's not a steal, but it's it's, it, it's it, the thing that it stands out for me is I, I read it for a while. You know, it's it's not my my favorite thing of all time, but what it represents as a time in comics when Joe Casada took over uh, Marvel after after having done um, Marvel Knights, everything was on the table, and it was like they had just raided you know the best of people who were doing. Mainstream independent comics. You know, this is when Bendis came in. You know, this is it changed everything. And since then, Garth Ennis on Punisher. This is this yeah. is you got a feeling that 
it, literally anything could happen with any book, and it would be and, no and, rules and, were sacred, and nothing could you know nothing we, anything would go. Yeah. We were excited about books all the time, you know, and the stuff was coming out, and you didn't know what to expect from any given book, and and they were trying new things and moving things around, and and it feels a lot now like they're just trying to hit on the formula to make you feel what you already felt before. Yeah. that's what comics feel like right now, and I, and I don't and and that mainstream comics, you know, the sort of big. The, the big uh, names in comics. Obviously, that's not happening at smaller publishers and things like that. But this was at Marvel because Marvel was trying to claw their way out of bankruptcy, out of, out of yeah. not having any money. And it was a wonderful time. When you ask, you know, like, like the time in comics that I've lived through that was the best, it was late 90s, early 2000s, man. That was, that was like the golden age. Yeah, I mean, like anything, anything could happen. It was surprising. There were risks being taken. There were creators that would never have gotten a shot on this kind of stage getting a shot. Um, it just it really is a testament to that to the um, to the ballsiness that they had at the time, which which honestly I think that they should you know not to be too negative, but I think Marvel should go back and look to see what they did then and kind of see you know look at what they're doing now and see what the difference is because I think that they've lost a little bit of that spirit you know um, but you know but that, that, we're not talking about I, we're not talking about I, today well no but I feel like when they do that today the the market doesn't reward them for it yeah yeah exactly so it's a little bit of Marvel and it's a little bit of the readership. I don't know what changed. Something, something around Civil War changed. Yeah, yep. And that was that's really the turning point where they were like, well, we need to recapture that Civil War thing. Yeah. It's funny because DC is going back to to do the things from the '90s, and and uh, and Marvel's just like, let's let's do Civil War again, three hundred thousand, you know. And, and Ecstatics was the opposite of that. Yep. Absolutely. Um, really, really, like just an amazing time. So uh, yeah, Ecstatics Omnibus. You 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 might have heard about it, talked about. It. It's the kind of thing where like you know this is now you know ten ten or so years later it gets collected. That's the right amount of time. Like enough amount of time has gone by where like it's hard to get in back issues or the the trades might have gone out of print or whatever. And now this is your opportunity just to get everything and to just kind of bask in it. And they did you know Marvel did a really nice job. You know the 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 reprinting of the issues are really nice. They've collected pretty much every appearance of Ecstatics and all those miniseries and every cover is listed in the back and there's some extras and things like that. And there's a great forward by Pete Miller. Again, Pete Milligan, who is a great writer. I mean, like when the crazy out there. I know some some of his stuff is a little shaky in here and there, but when he's really out there and kind of un you know unfiltered, he can come up with some amazing ideas. And this is a this is a great example of that. So, um, and really, it was the closest to a, a X Men Vertigo comic. Mm-hmm. Really, absolutely. So. Yeah. Cool. So uh, go to ifanboy.com, read my review of Ecstatics, and you can go pick it up. It's up on Amazon. You get a discount. I mean, I know it lists for $125, but you can get a pretty deep discount on that um, th- through other places uh, like Amazon or discount. Uh, discount. Flips, flipster, places like that. Yeah, in stock trades or whatever. So, yeah. Cool. Now let's do a couple emails while we're still here, while Josh is still with us. Uh, the Come first on! Email, Deshaun Bowen from Knoxville, Tennessee writes and says, do you believe that the superhero genre of comics will move into the future in the next decade or so? Will the Children's Crusade become the present? Will the current superheroes retire, or will Steve Rogers, Peter Parker, Superman, etc., be around forever? Also, has there ever been a, has there been a recent story arc where a superhero is celebrating his birthday? Well, to answer the first his last question, there was the Wolverine point one issue that was Wolverine's birthday. Yeah, yeah. So of course they, they celebrate birthdays every. It's not unusual. They yeah. just don't tell you the number. And to never answer, shot at how many candles are on the cake. Never. Yeah, they never shot at that. But with, with Wolverine, we know he's been around since eighteen hundred. So it's kind of like what you know, like it's, yeah. yeah. But um. Uh, but as far as the will current super, superheroes retire, will there be a next generation? That's never. I mean, it, no, it's never. 
it's never gonna happen. No. <laughs> they did that in DC, sort of. They retired Green Arrow and Green Lantern and Flash, and yeah. then they all they all came back eventually. I and mean, this is this, these are the characters. Yeah, you might get you might get glimpses of the future, like we've seen. You might get stories set in the future, but like the thing is, is that comics is interesting because time moves very slowly, borderline to the point of it being frozen in time or adapting to the times that we're in around us. But you're you know, Steve Rogers is gonna be Captain America. Peter Parker's gonna be Spider Man. Superman's you know, Kal El's gonna be Superman. That's not gonna change because those they're 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 icons, you know. I mean, the, the you know the the real trick, the the motivating factor in superhero comics is maintaining a status quo yeah. while appearing not to. That's really the thing to remember. Yeah, I mean, like when we had a different Captain America for a couple of years, Bucky was Captain America, and then look, Steve Rogers came back. You know, so. But even they're Bucky also bigger than like he was from the seventies. Yeah, they're sure. also bigger than comics too. They, yeah. they're maintained because they are they are pop culture icons yeah. as well as comic icons. And you might see a story like in the early nineties when Batman's back got broken and you know Azrael Az- 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 what was his name? Yes, Azrael. Azrael, the the cat That's... from Smurfs took the mantle. Yes. And... Gargamel's cat Um, but no um, you know they might change who is Batman or who is Captain America but it's always going to go back it's going to get the reset button always gets pressed but and you know that's no different than Mickey Mouse doesn't get old you know you know none of the the especially with some of those laws to the public domain Oh, yeah, as long did as you, Disney's in charge of public domain in the United States, then none of these pictures see, ever go Did you away. see that they just they just updated it again now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, they changed the law again. So you can you can you still keep a trademark longer than the oh Jesus. Anyway. But um uh, which is tough because I had a whole plan about how I was going to steal the Mickey Mouse. I was all the stuff I was. Well, I had make. a whole Mickey Mouse plan. Yep, and he just, exactly. He had this whole thing on his wall. He just tore it all down angrily. I've just stuff. been waiting for it to go into public domain. It was going to be going to make us millions, guys. <laughs> Very forlornly dumped to his garbage can, yep. took it outside in the street, dumped it. But um, but yeah, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. Little kid came up to him, "Hey, Mister, is that Mickey Mouse?" And you just looked at him and went, "No, <laughs> no, <laughs> kid, it's not." Go on, get. Just another case of big business <laughs> getting coddled by the government. All right, next email. Wes from St. Paul, Minnesota says, "I know every year the three of you each buy each other." Tra- trades of books you think the other two would or should enjoy for example i believe ron got josh star wars dark empire last year so i'm curious what trades did you guys buy each other this past christmas yeah we didn't share this publicly did we no 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 uh we'll start if i can recall it's been a while and honestly we're busy uh That was great. And honestly, we don't, I like don't each remember. Other. We, don't, we don't like each other very much. Yeah, Listen, I don't really like these two guys. I get, I unwrap paper. I just throw it in a pile. I don't look who it's from. <laughs> yep. I don't. I don't know. Well, I, I got Josh the Magneto Testament trade. Yes. And I and? got and a Tintin book. And I think you got the. Did you get that for both of us or just? I got you both a Tintin book. I love the yeah. Tintin book by the way. The Tintin book was yeah. awesome. It was awesome. I figured you, you both would like that. Um, and I got Josh the Magneto Testament trade, and I got Ron. Oh, a Wally Wood book. Yes, a book on yes. Wally Wood, which is awesome. Yes, so. a book about Wally Wood. Yep. Ron's hard to shop for. Ron is. Uh, there's there's tons of things that Josh I know hasn't read or won't read. Where Ron's like, fuck, he's got everything. <laughs> yeah, so are you. Uh, I got I got Connor, I got you that Stan Lee book. By, yes, which uh, was amazing. Yeah, Spurgeon and that other guy. The biography uh, of Stan Lee, which was fantastic. I read it in like two days. It was great. Um, <laughs> and... I think a movie. I got you a movie. So that's yeah. Really you got count. me JFK. Uh, great. <laughs> you needed it. I needed it. I did need it. I was gonna buy it myself. No, it was yeah. good. Uh, and then uh, Ron, I got uh, oh the Commandy Jack Kirby book. Yes, you did. Which is all the the Commandy uh, Omnibus, which is awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, I got you both. I got you both the. Uh, what I like to do is I, I like to get you guys one thing the same and then other other different things. So I got you both the Parker Martini edition only because it was too beautiful and I knew that you guys wouldn't double dip. Um, so I, I I wasn't going to. I only almost did because he was here in L.A. doing signing it and yeah. sketching in it. And by the time I made it over there, it was sold out. Yeah. So um, so I got that because part you know I think Dar you know we're all big Darwin fans that sort of thing. But so Josh, I got Josh all the Uncanny X Force hardcovers, right? Yeah, yeah. My pages were a couple of my pages were stuck together today. Oh shit, really? Yeah. Don't I'm just, jerk I, off on them. No, no, no. <laughs> it came that way out of the package, and oh. I I just Rick, I'm just saying. You should send them back to Rick directly. Have you read them? I've I've read uh, two of them. What do you think? It's good. Yeah. Um, cool. So I got Josh that, and then Connor. I got the um, the Sunday Funnies uh, yes. book because I didn't think you'd buy that yourself. And what else did I get you? I got you oh, the Muppets Take Manhattan on Blu-ray, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And something else, right? There's something else in there. Let me tell you something about this. Oh, team. I got you Love and Rockets New Stories yes, Volume Four. Did yes. you read it yet or no? I haven't read that. It's on top of my stack. Oh, uh, just read. Don't worry about anything else. Just read it. Uh, I know. I know. Anyway, we do. No, we have stuff to do. I know. <laughs> just stop what you're doing. Just read. Let me it. tell you something about this Martini Edition. It's it gorgeous. Smells amazing. Yeah, yes, doesn't it? It does. They did a really. Also, good can job we can we hire him to draw us? I know because he makes us look much. He'll make us look much thinner. <laughs> and just awesome and badass. I mean, yeah, he, exactly. does, he does a drawing in this book of a bunch of comic creators doing a roundtable interview and. Everyone looks awesome, and and the draw the drawings he did of of actors who played Parker, like the the Statham painting. It's it's not fair how good he is. It's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair at all. He's the Mariano Rivera of comics. Yeah, exactly. All right, Josh, he's a baseball player. <laughs> I watched Moneyball. And I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. No, I I mean I knew what was going on. Did you like it? Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was going to be better than it was. But I don't think it was bad, if that makes sense. All right, fair I thought it was really interesting. Like all the shots, there was no – like everything was shot – like everything was shot really cheap. It was just like them in the clubhouse. Whenever they showed people playing baseball, it was either uh, bought footage or it was just like this weird backlit footage of just that player on the field by themselves at night. Yeah. I was like, oh, this, they're not going to – they spent no money on filming that, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way that movie gets made. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. They paid a shitload for that MLB footage, I'm sure. I'm um, sure, yeah. Of the, especially the ones of the athletics and all that. You know, yeah. yeah so. That was the movie where you're like, oh, now Brad Pitt and Red, Robert Redford are basically the same person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's great. Uh, anyway. All right. So if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Um, because we talked about the book of the month, we're going to skip the voicemails, but you can always call us in at one eight 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 fanboys It's one 2697 So in case this podcast isn't enough, and you know it's not, you know you, you, need, you need more things to listen to. Every- I know. i got to hear you guys yammer on some more what? during my week. I know. Exactly. Yeah. So um, you got, you got to listen to iFanboy Don't Miss, which is, our, which is a companion podcast of ours, which is – it comes out every Monday where it's, it's short, 15, 20 minutes of us talking to one creator about a book you absolutely cannot miss coming up this, uh, this Wednesday in comic book stores. Last week we talked to Brandon Graham about Profit. So if you read Profit and you want to know more about it, listen to Brandon talk about it. Very interesting conversation. Uh, this week uh, I'm talking to Greg Pock about the uh, Red Skull Incarnate hardcover, which is coming out. And Josh, you read that in Issues, right? I did. I just yeah. it was one of the best things Marvel put out last year. Yep, exactly. So very quietly, like you know, very kind of under the radar. So if you're curious about uh, Red Skull, come uh, come back to ifanboy.com on Monday. Check out the ifanboy don't miss uh, and listen to my interview with Greg Pak, or go to iTunes and subscribe to it and listen to it there. Mm-hmm. You can also listen to the don't. Or I'm sorry, that is the podcast you just talked about, the Make Comics podcast, <laughs> uh, where I speak with uh, Andy Schmidt from Comics Experience, and we do a short. 
10, 12 minute conversation on uh, some some element of of making comics or breaking into comics for the uh, for the amateur with professional aspirations. Uh, we just got another batch of them all ready to go. Um, really like doing those. They're a heck of a lot of fun. And Andy was an editor at IDW and Marvel before that. I was talking to him about some of the stuff he did. Like he was the guy who edited Ed Brubaker's Captain America run. That's that's not a small thing. This guy knows what he's talking about, and uh, he's definitely worth listening to. And uh, I might say something useful every two or three of them. Every now and then you might. That's every Wednesday morning at 9. Cool. Or any time after that. That's kind of how the internet works. And where can you find that? You can find that at ifanboy.com. Is that my next thing that I'm doing? I'm still looking at this book. Sorry. (laughs) You know you brought up the martini. I start looking through it, and I literally became mesmerized. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, yeah, Lee Marvin. Go to ifanboy.com. You can read the Pick of the Week review uh, that that Connor wrote. You can read the Book of the Month review that uh, Ron eventually got to. And you can read more in-depth discussion, and you can find out how much people like or don't like the new DC logo. But it doesn't matter because it's here, and you're just wasting your energy. Uh, you can check out all the other stuff that's going on there. Um, weekly SketchUp, Letter Column, DC Histories, really good uh, recurring features and stuff that we have coming up all the time. You can find out who we are about us and uh, where to hook up with us in the social networking and comment on every single thing that we put out. It, we put a ton of work and love into that website, and if you don't, go there but you listen to the show you're just missing out that's all there is to it and we don't have a video show <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOY-326-2697 with any questions comments concerns discussion topics and we have been talking about the video show so it's not not coming back soon but it is we're, we're, we're talking about I keep sending emails We'll respond to him. I'm really enjoying not having to edit video. <laughs> until, you, until you put those little flags on them that say I have to mark that I, re- that I received it. No, I never do you're not, that. You're not getting anything back. I don't use Outlook. Fuck that shit. I, don't, I know. Anyway, so if you like what we do, go to iTunes and write a review of this podcast as well as the iFanboy Don't Miss podcast. Um, it's a great way to spread the word about podcasts that you enjoy and also spread the word amongst your friends. If you've know, you got friends who read comics and they're not checking out iFanboy, tell them, go check out this good website. I dig it. Um, help, you know, you, Everyone in the iFanboy community has been instrumental to helping spread the word about iFanboy. We really appreciate it. and want to keep, keep it coming. So uh, definitely help spread the word, and thank you to everyone who's done it up to this point. You know, my favorite thing – we got a little time, so I can vamp a little. My favorite thing from uh, from the uh, from the DC logo thing was the people who freaked out at the mock-ups thinking that Batman was going back to the original yes. numbering. I was like, yes! That, I saw that too, and I was like, oh. People were freaking out. We got emails about it. I saw Scott, Scott Snyder dealing with it on Twitter. I mean, it's, it's – It was awesome. That was great. It really was. Yeah, that was like – that like summed up everything that's great about comics and the internet. I love it. That's the first issue that you're looking at there, you know. <laughs> They're all the covers from issue one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, so um, until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I am Josh. Thank you very much. Are we done? We're done. Fine. Lip service. That's all you'll ever get from me Well, how could you believe I'd take you seriously With your cheap rewards, your blackmail and your comical rage Just remember you'll only be the boss so long as you pay my wage Just remember you'll only be the boss so long as you pay my wage